In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Cleveland, it's an exciting time when we break down the special teams. And I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright, right, right. Jack, how excited are you about this show? Oh, it's what it all comes down to. People talk about kickers winning Super Bowls. They don't talk about quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. They don't talk about running backs winning Super Bowls. They don't talk about anything else. And um, hey, how can we find our Justin Tucker in free agency? That, that is the question on every fan's lips. Well, Ian, who's exciting you most on the special teams next season? I mean, I'm just glad I didn't have to do the intro because otherwise I'd have just blew it. (laughs) Oh, my. I'm telling you, I've been saving that one for a week, okay? And Paul's looking at me, he has no idea. The Browns' leading kicker going into the offseason is a guy by the name of Chris Blewett. How can you not be excited by a guy with the name? No, I've already done that joke. Blew it. No, you ago. didn't. No, you didn't do it. It wasn't as good. I spiked my own football in this case. Oh, God. I don't I'm think he's football. on the roster anymore. I think he got cut. I don't think what? so. Uh, sorry, nope. buddy. Brown's official team website list. Chris Blewett, number 12, 5'9", 195 from Pittsburgh. Is he going to make the roster? That is the question. No. Yeah, he might. You never know. You never know. I, I Stranger things have happened. Obviously, this is my area of expertise, but Blewett's bounced around uh, quite a bit so far. So he's got to come in and make some damn kicks. Who knows? Maybe have like a Daniel Carlson start to his career and then settle in in Cleveland nicely. Um, I like the way, though, Ian, you've kind of like owned kickers, punters, and that hasn't been confirmed with me and Jack that you're like the uh, special team kicker expert. All right, just give me a football. Let's go, baby. Right. I've okay. seen you kick a ball, Paul, so we know who it is not. Yeah, but I reckon in a competition I could beat you. At what? Kicking. Kicking giant pandas on the streets of London, or are we kicking a football? No, American football. And where are we kicking this? Like a punt style, a kick style? Are we going for distance, height? What are we doing here? Distance. Yes, Paul, I'll give you Top as four. many. I'll give you as many Duffin odds as you want. That I would absolutely obliterate. Yeah, I, I, I would, I could double your up, distance. Your going to go, and I'm going to outdo you. I think your fat man football career is not going to lead you to success at this. But I would almost be tempted to say, I'll let you kick a ball, I'll let you punt a ball, and then I will double your distance, and I still will outkick you. Well, I'm taking that bet all day. So long. if you kick it 20 yards, that's 40. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to start with a punt. Yeah, like a. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a punt, we'll do a field goal, and we'll do a kickoff. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm up for that. And then you can video. Bring your uh, bring your video team. Cool. I'm bang up for that. Uh, Jack, be the most watched baked bean, baked bean media ever. I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm I'm happy to accept that I'm not a good kicker. Oh, I wish I was as good as Cream Hunt. Oh! Oh! 
we're gonna have to put a parental notification on this one. Big Ream, ouch! Uh, Man, Jack, you're gonna get thrown off the bus for that. Anyway, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of banter so far on the show, but is Chase McLaughlin on our roster or not? So. Let's start off with the kickers. We'll start with oh. Chase McLaughlin. He is a restricted free agent this year. So um, unlikely they would bring him back on a restricted free agent tender. They might just say to him, hey, we'll offer you one and a half mil um, with no real guarantees. Come back to camp and fight, um, which could be something you'd look at. Then we look at the next group, um, which are free agents. Um, there's several names out there. And... The two that performed the best last year, that are realistic value, um, <laughs> are Nick Falk and Paul's buddy, Zane, gone, Zales. So, no way. Um, he's, he's staying with the Panthers. He's already told me that. He had a, he had a good year. So, um, obviously, unfortunately, crossed that one off list. Nick Falk, he might be a bit old. But do play well. He's my age. Nick Falk's my age. <laughs> Kick. Possibly. There, I mean, listen, there's a lot of names that if you're in fantasy football, you've had to pick up some random shitty kicker in week 14 for your fantasy things. So you look at some of the names like Brett Maher, the restricted free agent from the Saints, Randy Bullock, who's money from inside of 40 yards. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, Matt Gay from the Rams, you know, obviously Super Bowl award, uh, winning kickers out there as a restricted free agent. Uh, Greg Joseph, former Browns kicker. Uh, Michael Badgley. We don't agree with Eddie, him. Oh, geez, he's off the list. Young Hoku out of the Falcons. He's restricted. These guys are all restricted. Let's be honest. I don't think anybody's putting up a fight for kickers. Unless I it's our, you know. Koo will get paid. Joey Fly, Joey uh, Sly, the Fly, two flies. What is it? Two Sly for a white guy or something? His nickname. But I, I, I think what's going to happen is they'll bring in a cheap, cheap, cheap free agent, um, probably replace McLaughlin, and they'll bring in some UDFA. They might take a punt in the seventh round on someone, but I think it would just be. It could even be two UDFAs, and they let two UDFAs battle it out, and if they decide neither's good enough. They then go and bring in, say, a Nick Falk, for instance, or somebody like that, because there's just so many of them around and you just pick up someone's spare kicker. Uh, serious I'm, guy. So we've got to go with a kicker in the fifth round. Look what the Bengals did. Listen, you, if you could promise me Justin Tucker, I would be happy to sit here and talk about a first or second round kicker. But the issue is just because you take some dude in the fifth round doesn't mean he's actually going to be good. But if his name is Cameron Dicker, <laughs> we've been building up to this all week. Dicker the kicker. I mean, if Cameron Dicker is there in the fifth round, which does anybody know where Cameron Dicker is from? Dickerville, Texas. I, he is from Texas. That's where he kicked at. Do you know where he is specifically from in uh, Texas? Dick down dive. Austin, Texas. Cameron Dicker went to Lake Travis High School. Anybody know who else on the Browns went to Lake Travis High School? Could it be Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield. So Cameron Dicker and Baker Mayfield are alumni of the same school. 
Dicker the kicker in Cleveland. Book it. Are we going to have to use the seventh round pick or can we get him as UDFA? I mean, I think just based on, if I'm not mistaken, and to be fair, I have not studied the senior bowl kicker tape. Um, you'd probably, he's going to be at the combine. I think there's only like two kickers that are going to the combine. So you probably six, six. six. Yeah. You probably, you know, one of those comp picks, maybe a team uses, but you're talking sixth. I mean, he's, he's got a decently strong leg. Um, but in the NFL and stuff like that, it's more of direction and stuff like that. But we do know that pre-first job is going to be hinged strongly on this kicking game because the Browns were underperformers overall in the specialist units. And, you know, the Browns famously had Ryan Pompreon, the sniper snapper for all those years, pro bowl, all pro snapper. Now we have Charlie Hewlett regarded as one of the better snappers in the league. We had Phil Dawson. So the legacy of Brown's kickers right now needs to be born. And Phil Dawson, anybody want to guess where Phil Dawson went to college? Around um, the corner from you in Chicago. Nope. University of Texas. Oh my God. So Cameron Dicker from the University of Texas, following in the footsteps of Phil Dawson from the University of Texas, all while Dicker the kicker went to the same high school as Baker Mayfield. Basically, it's two degrees of Kevin Bacon within the Browns kicking group. It's got to be Dicker the kicker. Do you look at star signs before doing mock drafts? I have no idea what his zodiac sign is. <laughs> so that's, I think, where we're going to be at kicker. Um, then let's jump onto the old punters. Um, Dustin Colquitt will not be back. Um, we have signed one dude who, who could make a chance, and that is Joseph Charlton. There's a chance that he might make the 90-man roster. Um, probably won't, but there's a shot. Um, then let's look at some of the guys that played well um, last season. So two played really well. That was Brian Anger and Thomas Morstead. And there was another punter out of Green Bay that was just solid, was Co- Corey, Corey Borquez. Borquez. Um, I think there's a chance they just bring back bring in one of those um, on a cheaper deal um, and let a UDFA compete against them. Um, they could go to UDFAs again, but I, I think they're willing to take more risk and experiment at kicker. So they're probably bringing two there and may, maybe one safer name. But I, I think if, if you wanted to have the all vet team, Charlie Hewlett, Morstead and Nick Folk producing over a hundred years of age between the three of them has got to be the absolute granddad's on tour well it's it's hard to combat such in-depth age breakdowns like that but there is a name actually in the punting world uh that people from ohio state would remember so when the uh, when the buckeyes went up against the alabama crimson tide they had this guy named jk scott so jk scott famously nicknamed the praying mantis so that's another guy that they could look at. I believe in the Ohio State game, I think he hit like a 67 yarder, if I'm not mistaken. He, he absolutely, he's very tall. He's like 6'6", just tall and lanky, but decently, uh, decently decent punter. I should say decently decent, decently good punter. Uh, free agent was with the Jags last year. He was with the Packers before that. So then they went on to uh, Boriquez. So J.K. Scott's another guy you can look at. The long praying mantis used to kicking in cold temperatures. 
Do you think it's going to be sort of two UDFAs to let it battle? Where, where do you think they're going to go? Uh, I think, yeah, I think in terms of Colquitt's not, I don't know, he's 40 years old. You're going to bring him back. I guess here's the thing with a guy like Colquitt, right? Prefer already has like three or four guys he knows. Let's be honest, he probably knows Morstead. But if you're the Browns, you're going to, I'm going to bring into camp young guys. I'm not going to bring in Morstead. I'm not going to bring in Kevin Huber or Andy Lee. All these guys are like, you know, 40 years old. You know what they can do. I know that if I sign Andy Lee, he can show up in a week and kick. Right. I know this. So when it comes to this, you're going to want these young guys, these unproven guys, and, you know, maybe an UDFA kicker or a punter, I should say, to come in and say, hey, I'm going to give you all camp to show me what you want. Because Prefer in his head knows I got a couple old reliables in the pocket. Yeah. Let, let the two youngsters bat out a kicker and punter. And then if one of them works, great. If neither of them work, eh, just, just phone up somebody and just be like, hey, we need you next week for week one. <laughs> That's what they did with Scottish Hammer. Yep. They brought in the young guy and said, hey, we'll just let the UDFA, let Paul Brown special go. So next up, we get to the second longest tenured Cleveland Brown. It's, I think yeah. a month or a few weeks um, after Joel Batonio was the addition of a Charles Hewlett. And the fact that he's been here so long and nearly no one knows his name is testament to how well he's played because you only hear the name of a long snapper when something goes wrong. Um, so um, he's in his final year of his deal, actually. Um, no. So, yeah, this is his last year on his deal. So it could be one where they either look to extend it after this year or, hey, we could have a camp battle next year. Um, but for this year, he's going to be safe. The reason why I think he'll be safe is if they're testing out punters and kickers, you don't want to be testing out a long snapper at the same time. Uh, so if they can potentially find two different UDFAs this year and they lock in a UDFA kicker, a UDFA punter, you can then go and start testing the long snappers. Next year, you bring in two long snappers and you test them. Ideally, you probably only want to mix up one a year. Um, but hey, we're in a position where we'll mix two, but I don't think they'll make it three. Also, remember specialist in terms of long snappers or holder. So obviously, Case Keenum would have been the holder. Um, I should say the backup quarterback as the potential holder. Also, your punter is the holder. So you have multiple options in terms of I'm bringing in Hewlett. I want to make sure that whoever the punter is or whoever it is, these guys aren't thinking too much. Because remember, when Gillen came in, it was like he's an athlete, but he has no idea how to hold the football. So depending on the young guy, you want to have a guy like Hewlett that puts the ball in the same spot every day. You don't want him having to scoop him up and stuff like that, especially if you're having a guy that has never held before. Um, you know, you don't have that veteran option anymore, especially if the backup quarterback is somebody who has never held. You don't want a Romo situation. Yep, and and that that that's your inside there. So, and I'm going to tell you, as a kicker, you need a holder that you can rely on because when just I'm telling you, when Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker and Sam Cook are basically like two peas in a pod. You know, it's you know exactly what their pace is, what their down is. You know that you trust the rotations. I mean, how many times do they do those close-ups and you see kickers just whacking right into the laces? So that, that's just one of those things where your holder and your kicker need to be on the same page. So let's not introduce any elements of surprise, so to say, as we're kind of evolving a special teams unit that just needs to be better. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know how long long snappers tend to play, but I'm, I'm sure they can get a few more years out of him. And if they turn around to him for another one year at a time, he's probably going to keep signing it. Um, so they're not really under any pressure. It's not like someone's going to come in and offer him like six million over three years. Um, Jake so McQuaid money. Jake McQuaid, Ohio State's finest. Old Jakey's been in the league for a number of years, just snapping that thing right back there. Shout out to you, Jake. I but, just want to find out what is the highest paid long snap in the league. I'm going to go research that. Any other specialist takes? Well, I think in terms of the the specialist, right? So the Browns, the the one thing about the uh, the Browns special teams, and this is a unit that we know that needed to improve, a majority of their primary guys on special teams. So I'm just going to sort by the number of snaps that guys take on special teams. Number one, Elijah Lee, roster bubble. Number two, Sione Takitaki. So, all right, there's one that we, you know, you're pretty confident will be around next year. Number three, MJ Stewart. And number six, Mac Wilson with Dimitri Felton and AJ Green in there as well. So the Browns potentially are going to be losing a lot of snaps on special teams in terms of the guys that are going to play those gunner positions. So don't be surprised if, you see a little bit of a shakeup in terms of who the specialists are. You know, for the longest time, our boy Tavier Thomas was just locking that spot down. And we had to bid him farewell. And he's actually developed into a really good the pick six um, cornerback, which, to be fair, I, I wouldn't have been something uh, I was expecting. Uh, but no. So just, just FYI, Jack. Uh, May 29th, 2021, Reed Ferguson, the highest paid long snapper in football. Says everybody's on pins and needles waiting for the Bills to extend the most accurate thrower of the football on the team. 549 special team snaps without a hitch. Two-time team captain. So there you go, Reed Ferguson. Yeah, if we look at total value, though, Charlie Hewlett is the highest paid. Obviously, he had more years in his deal, but... He got a 6.4 million deal, and the next up is 4.85. So, uh, yeah. In average per year, though, um, the highest is 1.272. But dudes play for a long time. We've got loads of players in the sort of Charlie Hewitt is 32, but we've got several 34, 35, 36s in there. So there's no pressure for him to uh, move on anytime soon. There, are, there is more dudes over 30 playing long snapper in the league than dudes under 30, which I'm going to make a bold statement that that is the only position in the league. Um, any, uh, maybe get it with punters, um, probably not with kickers. Um, but yeah, outside of specialists, I don't think you've got another position where the majority of them are over 30. So do you think any of the young guys from the Browns are going to move into that special? Like which... Which potential guys on the Browns roster do you see moving up in terms of the specialist rankings for those predominant special team snaps? Anybody? Well, it's it's hard to gauge because they gutted more or less all of them last year. Um, all of our, a lot of our main special teamers all went, so it wasn't one where I don't think they value it as highly as some people would like. Um, they were okay. Um, I think we were rated quite high in terms of PFF. If you look at the actual, forget the specialists, 
um, but the rest of the special teams units actually ranked quite well. I think it was like sixth or eighth. Seventh. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they'll just go, hey, we'll keep doing what we want, and then you you work it out. Elijah Lee, I think I could see back, um, but he might be practice squad elevations rather than actually on the roster. Um, Tacky Tacky feels like he's coming back. Joe Jackson, I think, is just destined for the practice squad again. Um, yeah, greedy. See, this is where the guy I was hoping you'd say is Tony Fields. Fields is the guy who him. I I know some people are against this, but like JOK is another guy where if I need a special teams play, right? So we talk about how there's like a pivotal play, the Steelers block a punt or something. And it's always like a guy you're like, damn, I didn't know that such and such uh, high Smith or whoever it is plays specials. Like, you know, Tony Fields is a guy who I just kind of had earmarked and said, okay, he's JOK light. So if I have it to where I need a play and I have JOK and Tony Fields or somebody like that out there, I just, that's where I kind of want to see him on the field next year. I want to see that Elijah Lee role go to a guy like Tony Fields was a six round pick out of West Virginia last year, you know, battled a little fifth round pick. There you go. So, you know, Harrison Bryant's another one from a tight end standpoint that gets some snaps on there. So if we do look at adding that fourth tight end, don't be surprised if you see him there on special teams, but yeah, uh, Tony Fields is my guy. He's the guy that I think needs to make a solid impact on uh, special teams. Do you think he'll get his first snap next season on defense? Because <laughs> that was crazy that he didn't take a single snap on defense. It was, it was amazing. If you, He's probably one of the only defenders to be on the roster. He's, I, I think he's the only defender on the roster that played zero snaps. Well, 10 games too. So he was up for 10 games. Well, no, because he was on the roster. It, obviously, he was inactive for some, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, was, yeah. Uh, Paul did the special teams in the specialist conversation. Do uh, you have any guys that you want us to uh, talk about? Well, I was wanted to ask something, but you guys have carried on talking so much. My question earlier on was, how many kickers do you think will get drafted in the 2022 NFL draft? I'm going to go four. I'm going to say two. Two is my number. I think it's going to be two. I'm going to go four. Recency bias. I I I have. I don't even know who's in the draft. So uh. doesn't matter. You, you can't scout kickers. They they all have private workouts. That's the funny thing. Is like yeah, they'll bring a couple of the combines up, but they'll have private kicking camps and stuff like that where t- Mike Prefer will go and just watch twenty kickers kick. Yeah. Let, let's look back. Um, have we got the numbers? There was three kickers last year, um, two punters and one long snapper. What? Oh, that's 2020. Hold on. That was 2020. Let me go jump up to 2021. 2021, we had one kicker, two long snappers, and one punter. Trying to let's see what that's what happens in the draft in Cleveland. Just no respect for the specialists. Um 2019, we had two kickers, two punters, and one long snapper. I think I have well and truly overshot my shot with four. Um and then 2018, two kickers, four punters, and one long snapper. So it's tasty. Tell, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. So, Jack, based on the leg kicks that we showed you, who do you think is going to win the Paul Ian bet? We showed you our form. It, Ian's double on me, don't forget. I'm still going to go in. Wait, double? You said, yeah, I have to kick it twice as far. 
I think I could still probably get one. You got to have to at least get it over 25 yards because I think I can still kick a ball 50 yards. Now, remember, for all you people out there in a, a punt that goes 50 yards in the NFL would be a 39 yard punt. So you generally start 13 yards behind the line of the scrimmage. You kick it from 11. So if I kicked it 50 yards, that's that'd be a net 39 yard punt. So, Paul, you're going to have to at least get yours over 25 yards. Easy. We'll see. We're using an American football, not that little sissy ball or whatever that thing you had in your hands was. I think it was mini. We're using a full size football, buddy. Oh, good. More power. More weight. Well, this will be. I I don't want anyone to tell me about the second series, but I actually sat down um, the other day and watched Ted Lasso. Hey, that stuff is amazing. Apple TV got the off season. Go, go and give it a watch. So, um, yeah, it, it's. Hilarious. I had I had my in laws watching it this weekend. So it's it's how accurate is the British humor aspect of it, Jack? Oh, it, it's it's so well done. As someone that likes both sports it, there is lots of hilarious stuff so it's about a um a division two college coach from the uh, he, he was the coach of wichita state so wichita state off uh, college football coach that then goes and coaches a premier league team with zero experience no idea what he's doing and it is hilarious it it it's not just a laugh out loud comedy there, there there's some deeper moments in there as well. So, uh, it really, really did tickle me. So, uh, yeah, they, they did to... a good job with the writing and the, for all you people out there, by the way, there's not a ton of soccer because the actors they used are not soccer players. So when you watch the highlights of the soccer, you're like, that is not what English premier football league would look like. Thank God. So don't, don't worry. You're not watching like a ton of soccer games. There's maybe a minute at most in a, in a game, in an episode about actual soccer the playing of soccer yeah it's just great fun but no thanks for everyone listening um to these series of shows um it's been great putting together the articles obviously go over to the dogline.com and read the written pieces if you're interested um shoot any of us on twitter and we'll get into some chat um i'm gonna have one more article coming out next week um we're just gonna look at 17 cheap 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 guys so some of them we have mentioned on the podcast some we haven't um so i went a bit deeper there's a few offensive tackles few defensive tackles in there as well um but yeah we'll go through those start of next week and then should we start playing around with some uh who would our mock uh, who would our sort of free agency class be we got the combine coming up and that's going to be d- disputed and see, you know, there's a lot of issues in terms of right now with the players and stuff that they're getting figured out, but NFL free agency opens up March 17th. I think that's, I think the first league year. Yeah. So we've basically got about March 17th. So we've got about three weeks before it starts kicking off in that sense. It'll be curious to see, because I would say in about two weeks after the combine, you'll start hearing some, rumors i would say of people that are going to be linked like oh i sources tell me it wouldn't be shocking if the las vegas raiders pursued such and such in free agency sides are discussing you know all that tampering stuff so that'll be the interesting thing no so any shows you want us to do hit us up we're not going to get too much into draft yet um we'll hit that up as soon as free agency is done just because it's such a big impact on what goes on um, but we'll have like one show where one of us will do sort of our, Hey, if free agency fell the way you wanted, um, what would that team look like? 
Um, and then we'll touch on the draft on the back of that. Not particular players, but how would those sort of first two, three, those first two days of free uh, the draft potentially look? Um, because that that is important. What that discussion then looks like. Um, but no, maybe do that as a show. Ian will come forward with his free agency class and his sort of not more positions than exact players. Maybe if he wants to throw some players out there, and uh, yeah, we'll have a look, have a. Uh, chat maybe we'll put together an all free agent team where we pick a free agent from every position that we think would uh you know obviously pick 11 guys you know obviously the browns have starters and some but if we're drafting if we're signing corners we're not really taking like cb1 so obviously just you know we'll put some ground rules about that just guys and see what roles they could play and fill some out running back rashad penny he'd be a running back i would be after if we uh didn't have like three amazing running backs and working out what the hell we're going to do with them all. His hamstrings as good as Paul's <laughs> tight. So, well, like I said, it was always fun going through all these positional groups. Um, it kind of just gives you an idea of where the roster's at. You know, this is a team coming off an eight and nine season where we were just good in some areas and bad in others. So, you know, much like the debate last year, should the Bengals take Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell? The Browns now have entered their own. Should we take a wide out or should we take an edge or, you know, second round? Are we going to start looking at safeties again? There's a lot of options because we got a lot of holes that we need to fill to get out there. And, uh, you know, I think free agency will obviously be the first shot at that. So we'll know some things here in a few weeks. Go Browns. Go Browns. I'm Don Ray Paul. Go Browns. <laughs>